Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whatsawatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 19th of November 2021, including the return of Joe Exotic in Netflix's Tiger King 2, and Amazon Prime's epic new fantasy series, The Wheel of Time, starring Rosamund Pike. And we'll also be looking at the Britbox crime drama, Crime, based on the Irvine Welsh novel, and the new Ardman animation, Robin Robin, on Netflix. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Well, two of my favourite people, Jessica Hines and Paul Kay, are going to star in... BBC Three's comedy musical drama Superho as mum and stepdad to 25-year-old Sasha, who's desperate to make it as a recording artist. What else is in the news, Hannah? Uh, Well, Apple TV Plus are making a new documentary series um, that will chronicle the life and career of two-time NBA Hall of Famer and cultural icon Irvin Magic Johnson. Decent week, I would say one of our better ones. We're going to start off on Britbox with a new crime drama called, appropriately enough, Crime. Here's a clip. There's a saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. No in my mind. Brittany Hamill, 13, vanished into thin air. Every day it's literally a matter of life and death. Tears my soul apart. Nobody presents as a monster that they are. And they only become apparent when we find out what are hiding. So this is based on a novel by train spotting author Irvin Welsh. And it's all about an Edinburgh cop who is battling his own demons while investigating the disappearance of a young girl. And this is a real passion project for Do Grey Scott, uh, the Scottish actor who he was in one of the Mission Impossible films. He's been in loads of stuff. He stars as D.I. Ray Lennox, who is teaming up with a new partner, D.S. Amanda Drummond, who's played by Joanna Vanderham. His boss is played by Ken Stott. Uh, One of his colleagues is played by Jamie Sives, who is in that terrific Scottish series, Guilt. It's about a child murder case, but meanwhile... Lennox, who we see him uh, going to what looks like a sort of AA meeting. He's obviously had addiction problems. He's haunted by things that have happened in his past. I'm a big fan of Welsh adaptations. I mean, Trainspotting was an amazing film. And the character of D.I. Lennox actually features in Filth, which is another Welsh book which was turned into a film starring James McAvoy as this incredibly dissolute cop this has got a slightly different tone to filth there's a bit more compassion in it i think it's a bit more tender although it's got the distinctive welsh really razor sharp uh darkly comic dialogue as well scott is great in the lead role and this is a project he's been trying to get off the ground for years i think if you like irvin welsh you will enjoy this but i think you'll find the tone slightly different to yeah, train spotting and certainly filth. Uh, did you? I mean, obviously, this is 
to coin a phrase, very gritty. <laughs> but uh, but it has got some some pretty dark humour in it as well. Um, what did you think of this one, Hannah? Yeah, I mean, I think I've said it before. I find anything to do with um, you know disappearance of children or any kind of abuse to children or animals. I struggle with it so much, and um, and this is this is just horrid because it's the disappearance of a schoolgirl, obviously, and it's sort of not close to home, but it, you know you can kind of you can relate to it, I suppose. It's the it's the biggest concern in any kind of parent's brain, I suppose, or, or worry. So it kind of draws emotion. I think emotionally it draws you hugely, and therefore it's quite exhausting because you know you said it was gritty, but it is it is quite dark. I think there is a compassionate side that, like you say, train spotting doesn't have, but um, it's intense, and so. Uh, whilst I while I did enjoy it, and I do enjoy intense dramas like this, and it is really really well done. Um, I th- you feel quite bruised at the end of it. I think is probably the best way of putting it. You feel quite, as I say, drained, and um, because I think it pulls on every, every emotion, you know, particularly as parents that you've got. So yeah, very very well done, as you say. Uh, do Grace Scott, you know, excellent, and um, it is a kind of. Um, it's it's as I say, it's got that sort of compassionate part that train spotting didn't have, but still that intensity that it did. So yeah, I, I, I think people will enjoy it. But as I say, I don't think it's um, if you're looking for a laugh, it's not right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what what's interesting is Welsh shows a very different side to Edinburgh. The tourists are used to sort of Princess Street and the castle and all all the attractions, but this is kind of going into the really deprived areas and the council estates and the really kind of rough bars and, and showing, yeah, the, the dark underbelly, as they always say, of the city. Now, over on Netflix, you're going to tell us about the return of Tiger King. It feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? That lockdown, it sort of saw us through. And remember, it made all the headlines, Tiger King. Um, well, it's back uh, for a second season. I, I didn't know that this was actually going to be possible because, of course, the main characters, you know, serving a lot of time in prison. So it sort of seemed like, could they actually make this work? But they have. Let's listen to a clip. When you think you've seen it all, you haven't quite seen it all. Have a prepaid call from Joe Exotic. There's an innocent man in prison. Everybody's from the zoo. It's like they're making money. I'm paying the price for every one of them people. If you don't give a damn, it's time to speak it. If you haven't watched the first series, you kind of need to just to get a, a bit of a, a basis for this and where this is going because it followed the very flamboyant zoo owner Joe Exotic and um, as I say it kind of gripped everyone through the pandemic I think didn't it really Uh, something like 64 million households uh, tuned in to this quite crazy um, story Um, so he's this uh, sort of gun-toting mullet-haired person (laughs) whose real name is Joseph Maidenardo Passage I think that's how you pronounce it Um, and 
He's been jailed after hiring a hitman to kill his longtime nemesis, animal rights activist Carol Baskin. So again, you'll remember all the kind of memes that went around at the time. Um, she was the person that tried to, well, she campaigned to close his private zoo. And there's a lot of footage around this. It's like the oddest thing ever, which made them huge amounts of money. And as I say, we left it kind of there and you kind of wonder how, how they've got enough footage to continue this. Um, but actually, there is a lot of footage and, and, and there's no shortage of it to continue this quite bizarre and strange story. So there's a lot of um, archive and personal um, footage. And it's a story that is, of course, relatively live and still unfolding. But it, it it's hard to believe it's real, Ian. I don't know how you felt about the first series and, and, and whether you think that this is, deserves a second outing or whether it should have just been left. <laughs> well, of course... Louis Theroux, I think, was was the first person to to film Joe Exotic quite a while back when he did a program all about owners of exotic pets in America. But yeah, series one, as you say, it, it really drove. I'm sure it drove Netflix subscriptions because it was one of the the shows that got real word of mouth and people started watching. And I I really I I enjoyed it and. I mean, some at some point this has to be made into a film because it, it, the characters are just so bizarre, aren't they? Mm-hmm. What's mm. interesting this time round, of course, is, yeah, Exotic is in jail and Carol Baskin refused to take part in this series. However, she's going to be making her own series on Discovery+. Plus. Um, be interesting to see how that does won't it be interesting to see what she has to say but they haven't given us a preview of this one but apparently there's going to be a lot of archive footage so i think we will see more of exotic in archive footage from his past but there's still some fascinating characters such as jeff lowe who took over the zoo and tim stark and and the series one ended with these accusations that actually Exotic had kind of been set up somehow uh, in arranging this hit um, on Carol Baskin. But yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty in there for fans of series one to enjoy. And it it looks from the trailer as if it's getting into some pretty murky territory involving guns and drugs and all sorts. So um, yes, I shall be watching with relish. Now, over on Amazon Prime Video, many things are touted as uh, the next Game of Thrones, aren't they? I think this can legitimately uh, claim to be that. It's a new fantasy drama called The Wheel of Time, and here is a clip. Swear your oath, Moraine Sedai. I swear to speak no word that is not true. To make no weapon with which one person may kill another. And never to use the one power as a weapon. Do you know what Aes Sedai means in the old tongue? Servants of all. It is they who serve the world. This is based on a series of fantasy novels by the American author Robert Jordan. The problem with these shows is getting your head around the world and the lands and the past and the magic and the different characters. That's always a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and I did a bit of research about Jordan's series of books and I was I was still quite confused. Our own Rosamund Pike stars 
as Moraine, and she's a member of a powerful, mystic, all-female order. In episode one, she arrives in this small town, um, and she's trying to find the dragon, the so-called dragon, who's a mysterious figure um, who, it has been prophesied, has been reborn and will stand against the Dark One. So it's the old, old story. There's a kind of like a messianic figure is going to come and help in the fight between good and evil. Initially, I wasn't really that grit, but then these terrifying monsters called Trollocs attack this village, and it's it's an absolutely cracking action scene. They sort of look like, almost like saber-toothed tigers with great big twisted horns and they stand on two legs with sort of they look a bit look like demons really um and it's a really exciting fight scene and you see moraine using her magical powers unfortunately it, it seems to me that during the fight um she managed to destroy the village pub which i'm sure would not have been uh, very popular but yeah when that kicks in I was hooked. And what's going to happen basically is, I mean, we introduced these these young villagers, four of them. She's not sure which of them is this dragon figure. And they're going to kind of go off on a quest with her. So after initially thinking, oh, I don't, I don't think I can learn all the mythology of a whole new series and a whole new world. I must admit, I, I liked it. I thought it was very good. What did you think? It is not my cup of tea, this sort of thing. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. I shouldn't say this um, for the record. But Game of Thrones, I struggled with a bit. Just the brutality of it and kind of mm -hmm. it just became a bit too much in the end. Um, and I think I, my concern is that this will do exactly the same. That it will just be a bit too... I think you're right. You've got to you've got to fill in the gaps. Your mythology that you don't necessarily know. How do we get back on board with this? Who's what and what have you? But actually, there is something that sort of, I think, has a... Um, again, maybe I'm wrong. Stereotypically, I think it sort of draws, um, you know, men really like this. And I think women would necessarily shy away, but I, I don't because this is obviously about a powerful female group. And so I think it is, um, it is quite gripping and it is a story that's quite interesting. But whether that's sustainable over any length of time, that I don't know because it, I, I, sometimes it feels like an onslaught. So like you say, it's action-packed and that's great. But where there is, does that then become too much? Is there, is there too much of that? Is there too much blood and gore? Is there enough of a storyline? Is there enough relationships going through it that will keep us all hooked? And that would be my question. But it's not something I'd necessarily be drawn be drawn to. But I do think the kind of sort of female, you know, part of this um, is is interesting. Well, we're going to finish off with an absolute treat on Netflix from Ardman. It's Robin Robin. Once a year, the humans take the spikiest tree in the woods, put a shiny magic star on top, <laughs> make a wish, and in the morning, they get anything they want. The magic shiny. <gasps> I wish I was a mouse. Oh, now we're back in the room, aren't we? Back where I like to be. The safe, warm fluffy world of festive animation <laughs> so robin robin it really is so lovely i mean i absolutely love robins in fact while we've been doing this podcast a little robin has flown to my window 
So this little robin um, is adopted by a very loving family of mice because the egg is blown from its nest on a, on a stormy night and um, falls down hatches and and the family of mice take this little robin on but of course we've seen this before in other kind of animations where animals have tried to 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 be like another animal but of course they can't be so for example this family of mice you know they go into homes and they take food and of course the robin's a bit of flappy <laughs> makes a bit of a noise um so she wants to really fit in and she hatches this this plan um and you can just it's a real story of sort of fitting in of the lovely festive spirit it is really quite funny because it's an animal's view of the mad human world of um where we get a spiky tree every year and put lights on it and uh wow why would you do that it's kind of through the eyes of it's normal to us to do it but through the eyes of an animal who like that's just a bit odd isn't it why would you do that so you've got a few names in there you've got um the Robin is voiced by Bronte Carmichael and you've got The Cat by my favourite, Gillian Anderson. Um, and Magpie, who's a very eccentric character, is voiced by Richard E. Grant. So a lot of big names in here. I, I think it will be a real hit. I think it's one, well, it's definitely one for all of the family and um, no expense spared, I reckon, on this. It's just, um, yeah, really, really lovely, warm family film. Do you like it, Ian? Aardman just never put a foot wrong, do they? I mean, their, no. their, their stuff is always fantastic. Uh, this looks different to their usual offerings because we're used to seeing the sort of claymation style stop motion of things like Wallace and Gromit. But this mm. harks back to, it reminded me, especially the mice, reminded me the look of them a little bit of things like the clangers that I grew up with because they're felt puppets. Um and yeah, I especially enjoyed Richard E. Grant as the magpie, and as you say, sex education's Gillian Anderson as the cat. It's an absolute festive delight, and I I loved it. I I think this is one for all ages. It, it looks terrific, and it's up to Ardman's usual very high standards. Agreed. Now, we've got to that time where you're going to tell us what you've been binging on, Hannah, so please reveal all. Yeah, well, I have um, been watching a little bit of Sex Education, which is why Gillian Anderson was on my uh, radar. But also, I, I, it's quite dull, isn't it, at the moment, in the run-up to Christmas. It's just all about Strictly. I just can't, I mean, my weekends are just jam-packed with sparkle, frankly, at the moment. Um, absolutely <laughs> loving it. And, of course... The people left in there are all really good. So is it a popularity contest or is it down to the dancing? I'll leave that right there. <laughs> How about you, Ian? I too have been watching Sex Education. And yes, I'm nearly up to the end of the, the last series. Um, I watched the Horrible Histories movie, which you can find on Netflix. That's got Kim Cattrall in it and Rupert Graves and people like Lee Mack. Good cast. I'm also enjoying the impeachment series on the Beeb, which is all about Monica Lewinsky and President Clinton. I must say, I think Clive Owen is is terrific as uh, as Clinton. And yeah, I, I caught up on a little bit of Tiger King just to remind myself of the craziness. And you can watch series one of that is, of course, on Netflix. Now, we're going to look ahead to what's coming up next week. So what will we be talking about, Hannah? 
Well, we'll be talking about Halle Berry because she gets physical as veteran mixed martial arts fighter who returns to the ring in Netflix film Bruised. And Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson's epic Beatles documentary, The Beatles Get Back, arrives on Disney+. Plus. So looking forward to those and more. But in the meantime... <laughs> Watch it. 